Raiders fans. You can be here for live NFL action all season long. As the official ticket marketplace of the Las Vegas Raiders in the NFL, Ticketmaster is a wide selection of tickets so you never miss a single play. Whether you're cheering on the Raiders at home or away, find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Raiders. You're listening to Upon Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, Eddie Pascal. Raider Nation, what is going on? Eddie Pascal here back at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center with my guy, Jesse Merrick. And thank you for hanging out with us for another episode of Upon Further Review, brought to you by our pals at Chorus Light. And Jesse, this is a day I have had circled on my calendar for weeks and weeks and weeks. Because a few weeks ago, we did offense, then we did defense, and now... Finally, after much anticipation, we are going to spend our next chunk of time talking all things special teams. And this might be your favorite day of the year. This is. It's hard. It's hard to beat this. It's hard to beat this. <laughs> like what? How I view the third day of the draft. This is the opposite of that. Excitement, energy. Yeah. Let's get into it. You are our guest, and I think it's been a while since we did this. I think I went first last time, so yeah. take us away, my friend. All what right, we got? sweet man. We'll get it going with with one that's probably going to be like the hot button question for everyone. Mm-hmm, you know, once mm-hmm. uh, you know training camp starts and everything like that, in terms of the battles, who wins the return job, the primary kick return job? I would say in that sense, or punt return too. We can yeah, yeah, yeah. So just for a little uh, a trip down memory lane, if we're looking at what the Raiders did last year, yeah. Amir Abdullah, mm-hmm. primary kick return guy, twenty six returns. Uh, if we shift to punt returns uh, a split job really between Keelan Cole and Hunter Renfro Keelan returns 13 punts Hunter returns 11 so who takes the job this year and you got to imagine also amongst the guys that you just named Trey Tucker DeAndre Carter you know those are probably the guys in the mix and maybe a couple wild cards once they do start practicing 100% and that's the beauty of training camp right is that we are going to see a lot of guys get an opportunity to do this right we're going to see a lot of guys get some run and it is funny though and and I not in like a disrespectful way but you're going to see guys back there and they're going to have a really hard time Catching the ball, seeing it come out, and it, because it's a, a completely different skill set uh, than what a lot of these guys do there for their day job. So you're going to see guys that are like, oh man, he's super fast, <laughs> he's shifty with the ball in his hands, but he can't catch the ball. Yeah, can't do it. It's so, tough. Like kick return isn't that bad in terms of catching the ball, but a punt return, like that's a hard one to catch yeah. and track, especially when you got a guy like AJ who can put some spin on it. If it's a windy day, that's going to give guys fit. So like that is an enjoyable part to watch. Maybe sadistically watching some yeah. of these guys try and struggle to do it because it's hard. Yeah, it is 100% hard. Uh, what is my – man, my gut tells me it's going to be Amir again. Yeah. That's what my gut tells me. Would I be surprised, though, if someone came out of the – like if we saw Trey Tucker really get a lot of burn and say, yeah, hey, man. this is going to be my you know part of my pie in 2023, I would not be surprised at all. But my gut tells me as we record this on the day the rookies report, Jesse Merrick. Yeah. Woo. Like as we are – as this is published and released to the world, the rookies are – uh, if they haven't walked into the building, are walking in momentarily. Exciting time of the year. But I'm going to say Amir. I'm going to say Amir with the caveat of Trey Tucker. Yeah. What do you got? So just to, you know, for argument's sake, because I think Amir is probably going to be the leader in the clubhouse yeah. in this one. I don't think we're going to see Hunter Renfro back there. I think health is one thing that they have yeah. in mind with him is that, you know, and 
I think that's something that a lot of fans, although he's been effective in that role, probably don't want to see him back there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think Trey Tucker is going to be number two in line there on that one. So I'm going to say, just for argument's sake, that Trey Tucker wins this job. I mean, the kid ran a 4-4-40, had two returns for a touchdown at Cincy. Uh, you know, just looking at the tape and the explosiveness that he brings to the table, he seems tailor-made to come in and kind of cut his teeth in that position in the NFL. And that's how kind of how he starts to catch uh, some eyes from the coaches and maybe get himself in the mix on offense. But another guy to watch too DeAndre Carter I was looking at it he returned 108 punts 107 kickoffs throughout his career but having said that he does only have one kickoff return in his in his entire career granted those are very hard things to do in today's NFL yeah and I think you brought up a great point where and we talked about it a few weeks ago with the defense and when we were talking about all things defense and just the familiarity of guys being put in a certain role right if memory serves we were talking about Divine and and Robert Splane and familiarity wearing that green dot right and I think you bring up a great point we talk about Trey Tucker who has done this and granted it's at the college level so it's it's a different game a little bit Mm -hmm. but it's still a guy to your point who has tracked a punt, who has done it in inclement weather, who has been like, hey, and we've talked about this a bunch, where there's times during the year where your job as the punt returner, wave your hand, catch the ball. That's all you need to do, right? Because we've seen so many times how things get funky, how things get weird uh, on some of those kick returns, on some of those punt returns, and you just need a guy who ultimately can catch the ball and, and provide that, that safety net and provide ball security. So, yeah, I think it'll be really interesting to see what Trey does in that, in that role because uh, I think he is going to get chances to show what he can do with the ball in his yeah. hand. But, yeah, I think that uh, I think you're dead on there, and, and it'll be exciting to see some of these dark horse guys over the next month or so that are going to get some burn and, and get to show this coaching staff what they can do. Yeah, and, and I think the point that you noted in that, like sometimes it's just as easy as getting back there and catching yeah. the ball and you know, holding on to and the that's, ball. And sorry, that's one thing with Hunter Renfro, though, right? When Always. Hunter's back there, you know the ball's going to get yeah. caught. That ball is not going to touch the ground. So I think that, and we've talked about this on some of the postgame shows, where yeah. at times, I have no issue with throwing Hunter back there in late December, early yeah. January. The winds are swirling. Just catch the ball. Because in terms of who's got the best hands yeah. and who you have complete trust and faith in, Hunter Renfro is 100% that guy. But to your earlier point, coming off of a year where he only played in 10 games, yeah. I, I'm very okay with you know kind of taking a little bit off his plate just to make sure he can go 17 in 2023. And that's the thing, too. Like, as you progress in your career, you get a little older. Like, it's okay to take some of those reps away on special teams and have a guy like Hunter, yeah. who's established in the league as one of the best slot receivers in the game, to concentrate purely on that. That's why you draft younger guys like a Trey Tucker. That's why you bring on guys like a DeAndre Carter. That's why you've got an uh, Amir Abdullah back there, you know, shifty guys, things like that, that can come in and do that, those depth pieces, that that is – I don't want to say their primary focus, but for them, it's not like they're taking on the, the whole weight of having a large part in this offense. Can take a little bit off a of Hunter's plate, let him continue to grow in this offense, and work with Jimmy when everything does get rolling here. Yeah, 100%. And exciting. I love it. Yeah. You know what? Like, these are the things that perhaps, like, your average fan isn't going to be super locked in on who is the backup to the backup getting run, returning punts and kicks. Yeah. I'm your guy. It is. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. All right, Jesse. So, question one for me is I'm going to put the number at 37 and a half. Okay. Uh, over under Daniel Carlson field goal attempts in 2023. He had 37 last year, okay. which ranked second in the NFL yeah. in, in attempts, only behind Justin Tucker. Uh, and he was, excuse me, he, I take that back. He was second in field goals made behind Justin Tucker, third, tied for third in attempts. So however way you cut it, yeah. our man Daniel Carlson was very, very busy in 2023. So you said 37 attempts? 37, yeah, 37 okay. attempts. Gotcha. So if I'm going to give you 37 and a half yeah. in 2023, over and under. I'm going to say under, and and that's something I think Raider Nation will be rooting yes. for. You know, I think they want to see our guy Cash Money Carlson kicking a lot of PATs mm-hmm. and not field goals. So uh, for the sake of... 
having a guy in Jimmy G who's going to be leading this offense, Josh McDaniels, another year with this team, calling the shots, the added depth and playmakers on offense, the offensive line being in a better position as well. I think the Raiders are going to break through, score more in the red zone. That's also something that Jimmy G, uh, you know, when healthy, does better uh, than a lot of people in the league. That's a big reason why you bring him into the building is to be a more efficient team in the red zone. So I'm going to say under – not a knock on Carlson, no. but more so a boost to this offense and what they can be with all the pieces that they do have. Uh, and that's something that I think that Raider Nation will be stoked about. Yeah, and I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to take the under as well, yeah. simply for all the reasons that you said. And when we look at what Jimmy brings to this offense when healthy, right? Like this is a guy who thrives in the red zone, yeah. who understands, and I don't want to say it's like a different game in the red zone, but it has a different uh, little flavor yeah. down there closer to the goal line. And this is a guy who's made himself a lot of money, who's been really successful, who's won a lot of games putting six on the board instead of three. So I would love, in a perfect world, right, we see those attempts come down for the cash money man, but we keep that super high 50-plus yard percentage. That's rocking. But I I think that, yeah, I think for the betterment of the team in 2023, I think for the sanity of the fan base in 2023, (laughs) our man Daniel Carlson will be stellar, as he always is, but he will have less than 37 uh, and a half field goal attempts. Yeah, I think Twitter will be a lot quieter. Yes. More TVs will remain intact <laughs> the more that Daniel Carlson stays off of the field uh, kicking those field goals. And like you said, the 50-plus yarders, like let's go see plenty of those because then that means that man is cooking from distance. Yeah, and, and speaking of the 50-plus yard, uh, 50 yarders, no one in the NFL took more 50-yard field goal attempts than our man Daniel Carlson. He had 13 of them. He connect on a casual 11 of them. So. And that's the thing, too. Just hearing that, I mean, look, uh, we all know what Daniel Carlson provides. Everyone on the league knows what he can do. But for a first-year coach to come in and trust a guy like that right out of the gates and for him to continue to show, hey, look, I can do this, that's awesome. And we talk about special teams all the time. Having a kicker with a boot like that, that is a legit weapon. And that's something Raider Nation has to be excited for. Just, again, hoping maybe not as many actual attempts as well. Yeah, you know, we talk about all the time, too, like especially in some of those late-game situations where you just need 20 yards, 25 yards. 30 yards and you know that you have a le- like anytime that you cross midfield you know you have a legit shot at putting points on the board knowing you have Daniel Carlson and, and that triumvirate back there but yeah I think we all agree have the number come down a little bit yeah more touchdowns less field goals and all of us are going to sleep better and uh, enjoy our Sundays in 2023 yeah that's a ratio Raider fans are definitely going to love that's for sure if that comes to fruition all right so as we're moving on now here my next question you know we're going to keep it on, on some of the younger guys here with this one which rookie not named Trey Tucker okay will become a special teams impact player for this team because I think Trey Tucker is the guy myself included we're all kind of watching for the special teams role but specifically as a returner seeing if you can pop there in that front for so for you what Ricky, undrafted or drafted, do you feel comes in and can turn into an impact player for this team? Okay. I think there's a variety of ways we could go with this. I'm going to go the route of, and we talk about this all the time, there are going to be guys that make this team because of what they do on special teams. 100%. Rookies, veterans. I mean, you look at some of, some of the guys that have rolled through here before. Dallin Levitt has had a really, really nice NFL career, balling out on special teams, yeah. started it here. Anyways, so I'm going to go... It's a good question. Yeah, it's a, a tough really one. Good question. I see. I have Not the unfair Trey advantage that I came up with it, so I already have my list. Yeah, of guys. so you have your guy. I'm gonna. <laughs> okay, this is what I'm gonna do though. I'm gonna go with Amari Bernie. Oh, that's give my me, number one guy. Give me, okay. give me Amari Bernie, yeah. right? Because we look at you know we have to play the numbers game a little bit, right? Yeah. Like we're gonna have X amount of linebackers, yep. X amount of running backs, receivers, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, Amari Bernie 
is going to be, and this is not a no shot at him at all, no. but is going to be towards the lower end of that depth chart for a, a linebacker. Yeah. He is also a draft pick, though, which you have to take into account as well. Mm-hmm. A day three guy. But if you are one of those dudes and you want to make this team, and not only do you want to make this team, but you want to be on the field in some way, shape, or form and be a productive member of the 53, yeah. you got to be able to contribute on special teams. Amari Bernie, and I feel like I'm still in your thunder a little bit, so I apologize. I got a number two. Okay, yeah. that's good. Amari Bernie is going to be my guy because we look at the stats, 6'2", 228. Mm. Uh, it'll be fun to kind of see him in motion, rocking and rolling yeah. uh, on some of those coverage units. But I think Trey Tucker is the obvious one, right, which is why we had to exclude him. Exactly. But I'm going to go with Amari Bernie. Yeah, so see, I'll continue to adding a little bit more with the Bernie one, and then I'll tell you my backup because I had a feeling you were going to say Amari. Ah. I think he's kind of like that number two leader in the clubhouse among the rookies. Uh, I'm I'm curious to see if your number two is my number two. It probably will be. I think it's it's going to be. You could probably guess this one. But uh, so just continue with Amari Bernie, though. He was that hybrid linebacker safety type of guy in college. He spent most of his career, like most guys do in college, uh, on special teams. But he didn't become a starter until his fifth year. He's a fifth-year senior. That's when he really got a lot of burn as a starter. So that's a guy that's taken a lot of special teams snaps. So for me, ding, ding, ding right there. You know, so this is kind of screams like a guy that maybe they draft him thinking, hey, this is going to be, you know, our next maybe Nate Ebner or a, uh, you know, Matthew Slater type of guy. We've mm-hmm. seen him in the Patriots organizations, those special teams guys that make the Pro Bowl every year, just as purely as a special teamer. Uh, you know, so that's something I think they're looking for in him. Also, too, used a lot as a blitzer and in coverage against receivers down the field as well. So that's that athleticism showing. Uh, you need that versatility in a guy that has also the size of a linebacker, but the speed and kind of wiggle of a safety to play multiple roles on special teams. So again, really looking for Amari Bernie on this. I'm going to be fun to watch. The next one, can you guess who it is? Uh, I don't want to tip my hand on my number two, but I'm going to say, I think you're going to go, give me... Jacorian Bennett. Oh, that wasn't where I was going, okay. but I do like okay. that one. Okay, yes. where were you going? Good to go with we differ on this one. Uh, I'm saying Chris Smith. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, fair yeah. enough. Because for me, he's that guy, like, you know, when you look at his draft profile and people that, you know, that are so, so-called so analysts yep, and everything, yep, yep. they're like, oh, this guy's, you know, not amazing in one thing or the other. And I'm not trying to knock him. I'm just saying what other people have been saying about him. Like, oh, you know, he's good in coverage. He's good at tackling. He's, he's not amazing at any of these things, according to a lot of these people. That, to me, just screams a guy that comes in and is lights out on special teams yep. because he has that versatility in his game. When I watch the tape, I see a guy that was a good tackler. I see a guy that's solid in coverage. I see a guy that always seems to be in the right spot. But no one thing that everyone talks about with Chris Smith is his intelligence as a player. On special teams, you need that, especially as a rookie coming in. This is a guy, though, kind of like a la Hunter Renfro, that just felt like he was at Georgia for like 10 yeah. years, you know? So he comes in. Some of the Renfro's got some rings, too. Exactly, yeah. So And also, too, to that point, this is a guy that's done it in big games. Like, special teams in the NFL, it's not going to be too big of a moment for him. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think you see him take advantage of the opportunities that he gets on special teams to possibly work his way into the rotation at safety back there. Um, you know, and so it, it's going to be fun to see. But again, that versatility for him. We've seen him line up deep at safety. We've seen him in the box. We've seen him in the slot at nickel. Uh, so there's so many different things that he can do that I think adds to the versatility of how they can use him on special teams. So I'm excited to watch him do his thing. And the other thing to kind of just wrap up of Chris Smith is, in all the people that we've talked to, and granted yeah. it's only been a few months, one of the first things that comes uh, that comes up when you discuss him is his leadership, his 100%. team first kind of guy, right? Yeah. And if you want to be if you want to be a dog on special teams, you have got to be a team first kind of dude, yeah. right? You have to, and we hear it all the time. You have to have a special mentality. You have to be a certain type of guy mm-hmm. that is willing to run down 
at full speed, cover a kick, cover a punt, yeah. be in protection. Like you have to be a certain kind of dude, and you have to be selfless, willing to sacrifice your body. Uh, and everything that we've heard from Chris Smith very much feels like he kind of lives in that uh, in that realm. Hundred percent. When, when I was in college, and granted they don't do this anymore, but you know they used to be able to do the wedge on kickoff yep. return. And we had a guy every year. They were the wedge buster. You know that guy that just runs down there, kamikaze, gonna blow whoever it is up. You know. Uh, to me, Chris Smith seems like a guy that would go in there and stick his nose in there. Just madman playing like his yeah. hands on fire going in there. And uh, those are the guys that are exciting to watch on special teams. Obviously, there's less of that in the NFL. and We'll get to more of that with your question, mm-hmm. too, as well. But uh, excited to see that. Also, to the note on Ja'Korian Bennett, like I think he's another one that's going to be fun to watch. Corners, for whatever reason, this is coming from a former receiver, they just usually make better special teams players than yep. a lot of receivers do. The tenacity that they bring, not only as a gunner running down and covering kicks and uh, you know punts and whatnot, but also being the guy that covers the gunner as well. He's got some nastiness to his game. That's a great spot where you can get more and more reps trying to cover guys as well. So another guy that's going to be fun to watch once the special team starts for him. Yeah, a great month-long battle. And that's one we'll really see kind of take shape uh, during the preseason, right? Like we'll get a certain idea of who's probably going to get a chance to play uh, those roles in those three preseason games in camp. But those three three preseason games, man, that is going to be where these guys, people are going to earn jobs, 100%. 100%. They are going to earn jobs. They are going to get a nice little paycheck and make a team balling out on special teams. Uh, I will go question four to you, and we will return to friend of the program, Daniel Carlson. All right. And it is no secret that I'm quite fond of Mr. Carlson personally and professionally. And I have banged this drum for the past couple years. So, Jesse Merrick, I ask you, is this the year, is 2023 the year where people start actually putting him, rightfully so, in the conversation with Justin Tucker as the two best field goal kickers in the NFL and candidly a tier above everyone else. Is this the year? Because I don't want to get upset and go back through the numbers like <laughs> He's getting we did upset, last folks. year. I'm working myself <laughs> up already. But there is a very legitimate argument that Daniel Carlson, statistically speaking, and I all know how much we love the numbers, statistically speaking, was the best kicker in the NFL a year ago. Justin Tucker's a Hall of Famer. No, like he is a a beast, a legitimate goat. But is this the year where Carlson finds himself in that conversation of Carlson and Tucker, Tucker and Carlson? Yeah, that's a good question, man. And I, I hope so. I hope they put some respect on my man. Please name. do. You know, he, he's out there. He's done it with the consistency, too. That's mm-hmm. incredible. I think a big thing that will go a long way in helping him get that respect on the national scale will be what the Raiders' record is in those close games. Yes. Obviously, that wasn't great last year. The year prior, it was. He had a lot of game-winning field goals. So if he continues that and he's able to come through in those clutch moments, then heck yeah. I mean, if he's able to win some games on the national scale, that's where more people will start to take notice uh, of him. I think it's a little tougher, uh, you know, when your record is what it is. Not a great record. Sure. You know, it's a little harder for a kicker to get uh, some of that love. So I'd imagine if the Raiders start performing better in those close games next year and Carlson's more involved in that, people will have to take notice. And then maybe they dive deeper in the numbers and say, hey, this is a guy that maybe kind of slipped through the cracks. We haven't realized like just how solid he's been. Yeah, and, and I think the other big part of that, right, and it, it's, you know, the reality is is that Justin Tucker has done this in the playoffs yeah. year after year That's after a big year key. after year, right? And so if Daniel wants to be included in that conversation and, you know, taking out the disregarding the numbers that everyone's so fond of, of using, <laughs> right? Like he's got to have those moments, yeah. right? And that is certainly not a knock on Daniel at all. That's just the reality of where this team has been the past several seasons, right? But going back to the numbers for just a second, 
Mr. Carlson finished last year with a 92% field goal completion rate. Mr. Tucker's, 86. We talked about the excellence in the 50-plus yard range. Carlson had 11 of them. Uh, Justin Tucker had nine. In terms of blocks, which I know there's a lot that goes into that, Tucker had three. Carlson only had one. I can go on and on and on and on, right? And the last thing I ever want to do is disparage Justin Tucker. That is the last thing I want to do. As a friend to all specialists, I want to lift them up. I want everyone to be be in the discussion of Hall of Famers, and these guys are the best at what they do. Justin Tucker is objectively going to the Hall of Fame. The man is a legend. But all I'm asking for, (laughs) all I'm asking for, can we just have a real conversation about how good our guy here in Las Vegas is? That's all I'm asking. Yeah, we should be able to. And the funny thing is, is like, you know, we'll throw out stats about so many other like position players, Mm -hmm. you know, and things like that. And, And stats can be tweaked and they can, you know, send to their own narrative and all these things. But it's like with specialists and kickers in particular, like, all they have is their numbers. Yeah. So like that's what you're gonna go off more often than not. So like that should carry much more weight. And and so when you hear those numbers compared to Justin Tucker, yeah, like what's 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 the deal here? You know? I don't know. I really don't get it. So I don't hopefully, know. hopefully people start to take notice of that. Uh like I said, hopefully it's just of a much lesser sample yes. size this year. Yes. Let's go like ninety two, ninety-three complete percent completion rate on like 28 field goals. How yeah, about that? Perfect. I mean, you get that. That's going to be, I guarantee you, if you get that, this Raiders team is going to have a winning record, and who knows what that record is and how close they are to compete. And just to spice it up, 10 for 12 from 50 plus. Give me that, too. Give me that. Man. That all right. Cooking. My man is good. We all know he's good. Let's put a little respect on him in 2023. Yeah. Jesse Merrick, what do you got? All right. So this is the one where we kind of go off the rails a little bit. We have it. a little more fun. Love it, it, love it, love it. Um, we know the trio that included Trent Sieg from last year, how tight that group was. Yes. Obviously, uh, you know, a tough guy to see walk out the room. In steps, Jacob Bobenmayer. And uh, the question now is, as he joins this trio, mm-hmm. you know, there were multiple times when AJ said he was like, it was kind of like they all kind of morphed into one last year. They all kind of looked real similar. So I was looking at some pictures of Jacob. He's a pretty clean-cut guy, you know, short haircut. He's got a little bit of the goat going a little mm-hmm. bit. When does the A.J. Cole effect take over for him? Because obviously we saw Daniel Carlson grow out the hair. You know, I think he had said that his wife wasn't a huge fan of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. All these different things. So when does Jacob start to take that on? We've seen the A.J. Cole effect kind of take over the specialist there. How long does it take for that to happen? Well, oh, I think it's quick. Yeah. I, I think, think it's so very too. quick. I think that, you know, obviously the reality of the Austin program is you're yeah. here, but it's it's a different kind of, of grind, right? Yeah. It's a very regimented, scheduled, you can only be in the building on certain days for a certain time, et cetera, et cetera. Camp, <laughs> they're here a lot. 24-7. They are here a lot. This yeah. is the home away from home, and especially for those three guys, Bob and Meyer, Carlson, and Cole. Yeah. Those three dudes are together a ton, arguably more than any other position group yeah. in terms of hours and minutes spent together. So I think... By the time that we emerge from training camp, we are going to have uh, Boban Meyer been, he will have been cold. Is that the the, the I think the that's proper? a good way to do yeah, it. Yeah, he will like be it. cold. Like he will be cold. Uh, because, yeah, I mean, these guys are going to spend a ton of time together. We talk about AJ's personality all the time, a, a guy who is obviously a friend of the program but is going to do some incredible things in the media space, hopefully in 20 years when he's done kicking a football. Oh, yeah. But. He is he's an infectious personality. He is a guy that is, uh, I think you used the proper term, he's, he's very pervasive in, in kind of how he, he the, the tentacles of yeah. the A.J. Coldham of it all. Just takes so, over the group. Takes it over. So yeah. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be quick. I think it's going to be rapid. I think it is going to be precision filled. 
Uh, but it's going to happen a lot sooner than we yeah, think. Yeah, I think so. I, I would say probably right around like a week and a half, two weeks into camp. Oh, yeah. That's when we start to see the growth kind of take hold there uh, of Jacob <laughs> as it kind of gets going. And because uh, that's that's what kind of happens a lot of position groups. And this is more of like a when you're younger, when you're in college or high school or mm-hmm. whatever. But like when I was in college, we used to always like there was always something like one year it was Mohawks. Everybody yep. in the receiving core had Mohawks. Uh, another one was everyone trying to grow out a beard or a mustache. I was not gifted with being able to do those things. So neither, we tried the beard. We tried the mustache one year and I started like two and a half, three weeks prior. And like <laughs> three weeks in the camera was like, well, hey, like, did you shave? Like, what's wrong? Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you have something? So I uh, hopefully hopefully Bob and Meyer can actually grow some of that stuff and, and get the, you know, the stash going and everything. And it can be amazing and that's where selfishly i hope maybe we talk to him a little bit later on in camp oh yeah so that we can see the growth yes and talk to him a little bit more because also too as an aside that group always has like the most interesting questions i remember uh, you know aj was talking about a lot of them last year uh you know they always talk about like thumb wars who's gonna win in a thumb war i think one of them was like you live in a mansion and there's a would you rather have a rattlesnake in a mansion yes, or something yes. in an apartment. It was the Mac Hollins special. I remember that yeah, one. Yeah. And like so like that's also another one I wonder who takes over that Mac Hollins role of like these wild and crazy questions. Too. Yeah, I think on like a like a semi serious note though, I think that yeah. camp is gonna be really important for those three dudes Very. just to spend time together. 100%. Right. I mean you look at what AJ is, AJ's at the top of his craft. Yeah. Daniel, as we've talked about a lot today, is at the top of his craft. Uh Trent, incredible dude, and we wish him well in Dallas. Another guy who was really good at his job. Now you're throwing Jacob in there, and you kind of have to have him fit, yeah. for lack of a better term. He's kind of got to figure out what AJ and Daniel are about, what they like, what they don't like, how they like certain like little intricacies of their job, yeah. right? And how do you do that? How do you build that relationship? Time on task, and you spend time together. Yeah, and right? one thing that AJ said when he was talking, because obviously that's the hot-button question surrounding that group. It's for the biggest sure. news you know, yeah. among those three in special teams. No doubt. Uh, when he just said, he's like, we need those reps. We need that time on task to continue to work on it. And like, I, I, a lot of people would be like, oh, well, all he's doing is snap the ball. Like, that's not an easy job. Yeah. And you there's know, a lot that goes hard. into it, too. 100%. There's a lot that goes into it. 100%. That is a very tough job to be able to do it. And like you said, there, there's so many things of like, it's different snapping to AJ than it is to snapping to whoever the holder will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, actually, AJ is the holder. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. So snapping to AJ is the holder when he's, uh, you know, holding it for Carlson. Yeah. You know, um, and, I, and I think there's a level of, I don't want to say pressure at all because I don't think that's the right term, but there's a level of, hey, these guys were really, really good last year. Like, I have to make sure that I keep them really, really good. Exactly. So I I think that it, again, not a sexy thing to watch during camp, but definitely something to keep in mind. And I think, again, we talk about the importance of the preseason games. For those three guys in particular, I'm going to be really keyed in on how that operation goes when it's live. We're going, we're counting down the clock. Yeah. The crowd's going crazy. Like, how does this look? How does this feel? And I, and I think it's important to understand that, like, I don't think that by the second week, 10 days into camp, it's going to be a 100%. Nah. You know, it'll be a smooth operation, but I don't yeah. think it's going to be this flawless, oh, we're kind of just on, on, you know, on repeat here. I think it's going to take them some time. Mm-hmm. And that's just the reality of, of the situation for adding a, a piece into this kind of very intricate puzzle. So keep an eye on those three guys during camp, yes, mm-hmm. but also during the preseason games just to kind of have them, give them a chance to kind of iron out some of the things that they're going to have to work through before week one. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing we always talk about with this group and, and haven't had to ask any questions about over the last couple of years is the fact of like, you're not worried about it until you're worried about it you yeah. know, with them. If you have to talk about special teams, then it's an issue. Mm-hmm. If you don't, then that means things are cooking, it's going well, there's continuity there. And that's something they've had for so long. Like you said, 
Jacob now comes in trying to maintain and, and even possibly take that to the next yes. level if that's possible because this group has been that good. Yeah, and the other thing, and you know, obviously just keeping everyone's fingers crossed, the Raiders have been so lucky in that consistency where Daniel and AJ have played a lot of football. These yes. are not guys that have missed games. They have been out there week after week after week after week. And to your point, you kind of just say, hey, yep, they're good. We're going to you know, put three on the board or, hey, this is going to be down inside the seven. And, and I think that's a, a luxury the team has had over yeah. the past several seasons. And obviously we're hoping that's the case again in 2023. But Jesse Merrick, I will bring us home on this. This All is right. it, right? This is six, this if is memory serves. Yeah. One to ten. How big of an impact are the new kickoff rules going to have for the yeah. Raiders in 2023. The new kickoff rules going to more the college type of uh, type of dealio where you can have the uh, you can call for a fair catch anywhere within the 25. The ball is in advanced to the 25. Yeah. We could sit here and, and talk until we're blue in the face about whether we like the rule or do we not like the rule. I'm personally not a huge fan of it, nah. but the reality is, is that the Raiders along with the 31 other teams in the NFL, this is their reality. They got to make it work, and the teams that are really successful are going to be the ones that figure out how to make it work for them. So, one to ten, how big of an impact is this going to be this year? I would put it maybe at like a six or a seven. Yeah, you know, um, I think that's appropriate. Not too hot or too cold on it, you know. But I also look. I understand the idea and the thinking behind it. Safety. I'm 100%. all for stuff that makes the game yes, yes, safer. Yes. At the end of the day, this is a violent sport. It's the NFL. There are going to be violent collisions. Uh, but I am curious to see, you know. How many times guys are like, oh, heck no, I, I'm not fair catching this thing. I, I'm going for it. But the fact that if you can't fair catch it anywhere within there, it's going to the 25. Like that extra five yards does make a big difference, you know, in terms of field position and stuff. So uh, I am real curious to see how much it does impact the game. But I don't think it's going to be this massive one that a lot of us maybe think it will be. Uh, but definitely going to have an effect. I'm very curious to see, you know, how teams find their way, not around the rule because the rule is what the rule yeah. is. But like what their strategy is to going about it. And and I think for me, this reminds me and maybe like a smaller scale yeah. of the pitch clock in baseball. Mm-hmm. Right. Everyone's going to, oh, we talk so much about the pitch clock, yeah. the pitch clock, the, the pitch clock. But after the first month of the MLB season, the pitch it's just reality. Right. Yeah. So I think these those first couple of weeks, I think let's call it that first quarter of the season, mm-hmm. week one to week four. I think we're going to see some funkiness. I, I think we're going to see some guys. I don't want to say forget the rule, but kind of get lost in that moment. Of, oh, hey, what can I do? What can I not do? Uh, again, preseason will be really important for that but I think that first month of the season we'll see a little funkiness but by the time we really kind of get into the groove of the regular season I don't think we're going to talk about it all that much I do think to your point there's going to be a very interesting layer of strategy involved in there and I think that is going to evolve uh, as the season goes on but in terms of like the immediate oh this is weird uh, what are we doing here this is different kind of impact a few weeks we're going to work it all out and then as like I said once we get into the groove of the regular season I don't think we're going to talk about it all that much yeah for the younger guys it's not going to be as much of an issue because they're coming straight from college but for the guys that have been in the league for a while okay yes it's something that's going to be drilled in their heads I'm sure every time they do any sort of kick return or anything like that but, like, it, again, it's still tough. Like, when the live bullets are flying, like, trying to get out there and, like, you know, remember that, which sounds so simple, but it's like these guys have so much going through their head while mm-hmm. in that moment. Uh, so I am curious to see the first couple of the well, really the three preseason games, but then even the first couple weeks of the season as well. And also, though, too, like, one, I, I'm curious what coaches are telling these players about, yeah. like, you know, in terms of that decision of, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to fair catch this thing and take the 25 yards or take, the, take it to the 25-yard line, or I'm going to see if I can get more than that. And, and that's that constant battle, the back and forth that's going to happen. And look, NFL players are confident. A lot of them probably think they can get more than 25 yards. So yeah. I'm going to be really curious to see what that discussion is like and the interaction amongst the players after that play with their coaches when they go back on the sideline. Yeah, because I think, like, I think 
you know, we talk about the rules are probably going to be different for different guys, yeah. right? And we, especially, especially, you know, especially with special teams, yeah. weather is going to have so much to do with this as well, right? Because Done. the rules that you have week three when it's beautiful and you're playing at a Legion, as opposed to, hey, it's the end of December and we're in Buffalo, right? Yeah. Two very different rules. And I think it'll be interesting too. And I would love, hopefully at some point this season, we get a chance to kind of get a deep dive of uh, kind of an understanding of the rationale behind, hey, this is our process, right? And yeah. it, obviously some of that will be kept behind closed doors as it should. But to just get a little peek into uh, kind of what coaches are thinking, the overall strategy. And I, I talked about earlier about how I think this is going to evolve a lot between, you know, from September to the end of January. That's one thing I'm excited to kind of kind of learn a little, a little bit more about. Yeah, and another thing that's going to be interesting with this one too is like if you think about it, <clears throat> and this is like diving deep into it all, but like the guys on the coverage team, Okay, they're going down. So many times they're probably thinking, oh, hey, the guy's just going to fair catch it anyway. So how many of them on the opposing team are maybe taking off a little bit? Mm -hmm. And so the coverage isn't necessarily quite there, and then maybe there's some openings for it. That's something that I think you're going to see on film where these special teams coordinators dive into it, and they're like, hey, these guys on X team's coverage team aren't necessarily running down at full speed. You know, and that maybe opens the door for a possibility of, hey, let's take off instead of taking this. And, and not even the opportunity for a big play, but the opportunity for a penalty as well. Because, yeah. I mean, you, you, you know, we talk about the kind of the clear path foul in the NBA, right? When, when a guy gets caught on, on kind of on, on his ankles and he's like, oh, shoot, like, I, yeah, yeah. I got to, oh, here we go. We'll just stop the play. So I think that it'll be interesting to me when all is said and done and we kind of look back and, boy, we're really, we're really getting into this. But yeah. <laughs> special teams penalties yeah. as a, you know, for the league across the uh, across the board in 2023 how those kind of shake out uh compared to 2022 but i love teams so am i proud that i'll probably spend an afternoon trying to track down those numbers in <laughs> february i'm not super proud of it but i'm not ashamed either i'll do it Give i'll do something it to do. it's different it exactly. adds a little more flavor to it you know? exactly and never forget that special teams wins ball games. 100%. never ever ever forget that okay jesse we have gone through six yeah but really for us we're just getting started because the Raiders Training Camp Podcast is back. We are back better than ever. Season three, I can't believe it. And when this comes out on Thursday, yeah. as I said, rookies will be in the building. The vets get here on the 25th. Crazy. And then the first practice, practice numero uno, officially getting off, you know, beginning the 2023 season is July 26th. And Jesse, you and I are going to have it all covered. We are going to go wire to wire through yes, training sir. camp. We're going to talk position battles. We are going to have some of the guys in the studio. We're going to have some fun because it is camp. It's long. It's uh, it can be tedious at times. So we're going to try to mix it up, keep it uh, keep it fun and light and creative, and do some fun stuff. But man, I can't wait, dude. Season three, let's yeah. do it. I'm excited. When I was driving out of the facility today, I was thinking of kind of you know you go through the whole date and in my in your head and everything, and it's been like you know the crazy run for the Golden Knights again. Mm-hmm. Shout out to them for getting it done, absolutely in the cup. But I was just like, and I love hockey, don't get me wrong, but like football is my sport. This is mm-hmm. my jam. That's why I started doing what I do. <clears throat> and I was like, man, like, I could start talking football soon, like for real, you know, and talking about camp and the battles and all those things. So, like, I cannot wait to dive into camp, get this thing rolling, uh, and to do it alongside you as well for the what? This is year three now. This for is us? season three for us. I mean, I so know. we better be cooking right yeah. out of the gates, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we talked about it last year. Where it's like, okay, we're gonna feel really good about this show, like the last episode. Yeah. No excuses for us None. this year. Like, no we gotta excuses. come hot out of the gates. We gotta be like, we, you know, episode one, we're rocking, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's gonna be a blast. Uh, this is one of the things I look forward to every year. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And we look at the Raiders this year, Jesse. No shortage of intrigue. <laughs> no shortage of storylines. <laughs> we are gonna have a lot to talk about. Yeah. And uh, and I cannot wait. But 
That begins next week. Yep. In the short term, give me some plugs. Where can the people find you? Man, always on News 3, and especially on Twitter, as long as it still exists. At Jeff as of this News recording, 3, it does. Yeah, yeah. So uh, find me on there. Um, obviously going to be talking some Raiders as we get set to dive into training camp, but also the Aces as they continue their dominance that they have you know, so far throughout the first half of the season. Yeah, our neighbors next door crushing it. Killing it. Dominating, dominating, dominating. Well, for a few days... I guess we will enjoy a weekend. Yeah. Right? I mean, we got nothing. We, you know, the rookies are here, but obviously the, our, our media coverage really ramps up uh, in a few days after the rookies get here and the vets come into town. But uh, a blast. This is a blast. I love talking all things special teams, and we're going to start doing this quick, fast, in a hurry, doing it for real in, in just about a week. So for Eddie Pascal, my guy Jesse Merrick, Ray uh, on the ones and twos, and everyone else at Silver and Black Productions, thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us. And enjoy the weekend, because when we come back next week, yes, we'll have our normal episode of Upon Further Review, but we are doing this thing for real. Buckle up, drink your water, stay cool, Las Vegas, and we will see you guys next week, same time, same place, for our first training camp edition of Upon Further Review. Thanks for listening to this edition of Upon Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Raiders fans, you can be here for live NFL action all season long. As the official ticket marketplace of the Las Vegas Raiders in the NFL, Ticketmaster is a wide selection of tickets so you never miss a single play. Whether you're cheering on the Raiders at home or away, find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Raiders. And we're back with breaking news. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. Coke Zero Sugar is a must-try for any Coke fan, so make sure you... Jim. <laughs> Jim. We're on the air. Ooh, yes, this tastes like the best Coke ever to me. Your thoughts, Jen? Well, can I have a sip? <laughs> Jen, we're in the middle of reporting the news. I need to try it first.